Dale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another thrilling and deeply thought-provoking Thursday for Torchport 547, how artificial reality is being constructed to ensnare the whole of humanity. Friends, truth exists regardless of what the globalists would have you believe. So know this. The American media uh, is just absolutely belligerent right now. Belligerent. I mean, they have long been waging war on our common sense, on rational thinking. They've been assaulting our senses from every possible angle, degrading our intelligence, dumbing down entire generations, and mind-faking the masses with impunity. Pardon the French. There is zero accountability for all of this, zero accountability to fact, to truth, or to impartial reporting. It's really all propaganda, and it just utterly disgusts me. (laughs) That's how I felt this morning, friends. I'm sorry uh, for getting it out a little bit late this, uh, this morning, this afternoon. I just was struggling. I didn't sleep real well last night. I didn't feel like I got a wink of sleep. I woke up. It was snowy outside. I felt like hibernating, and my mind just t- took a while to get into gear. So here we are. You know, I, I just want to say, you know, today we're not going to be getting into the political circus. Sometimes I just feel dirty taking, taking the dive, the daily dive into the steaming heap of headlines. And it's, it's hard not to get tainted, to get jaded, to be stained by the poisonous, toxic content that's being impressed upon the public psyche. So, you know, I take a few deep breaths, step outside, do a little stretching, and then turn my attention elsewhere. That kind of helps me cope as I crunch on the narratives and as I'm chewing up and spitting out all the crap that passes as news these days, sometimes I just, I just, ah, man, I don't want nothing to do with it. You know, at times I wonder how many people realize that they're being so horrifically abused. Well, you know, whether, you know, will these people ever wake up? You know, I don't know. It seems like Stockholm Syndrome abounds. The mental, emotional, and physiological abuse is criminal. But I think it's been happening for so long, it's like, you know, very few people even seem to notice. You know, very few people have retained enough critical thinking to see things as they are, to see it for what it is. It's, it's, it's like a dog returning to its vomit. So too does the average citizen return to the regurgitated spew of legacy media outlets, hoping for at least some level of informational nourishment. Now, present company excluded, the astute listening audience of The Torch Report, I know that you're in the know, uh, but it, it's, it's just looking at what passes as news and how people passively accept it, realizing that the vast majority of people don't know anything other than what they're getting through the mainstream, lamestream media. You know, it's no wonder this lack of informational nourishment, you know, it's no wonder that that common sense has become emaciated, that, that rational thinking has become so rare that the collective delusions have infected the minds of so, so many people. You know, what, what the glo- globalists have dubbed a post-truth era. Now, we've talked about this post-truth era. It's really an era it, wherein a significant percentage of the population has completely lost 
touch with reality. That's what's happening. That's what I saw in the headlines today. It's not post-truth. It's, it's, it's just that people have lost their touch with reality. Truth does exist. Uh, I did put a link into Torchport 298, deep fakes in the deep state, talking about this post-truth era. In essence, you know, we're living in an age of warped reality. It might be best described as an unreal era. It's not the post-truth era. It's just an unreal era. Or perhaps, I think I like better, the artificial era. We are living in an artificial era. Understanding, of course, the uh, the proper definition of a, an unreal era or an artificial era, either one of those terms really implies that we're living in an age lacking in reality and substance. Again, that's what I saw in the headlines today. So just kind of dorking out on the definitions of the words this morning. Uh, I did put a couple of screenshots in the report today. Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform like Spotify, Apple, or iHeartRadio, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com to get the screenshots, uh, to get the links and all that kind of stuff. So, but I was, I was dorking out on the words, just trying to find the right way to, to express what I was witnessing today, this unreal era. And, you know, in kind of embedded in the meaning of these words, what we see is this radically fragmented perspective. It's, you know, people's perspective is being bogged down by artificial constructs like DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, for example. Of course, DEI is entirely void of any substance. DEI is fully detached from factual reality. Uh, the, the concept of DEI, in other words, it is illusory. It's illusory. It's, it's an illusion. It's, it, it's a term. It, it, it implicates that, uh, it, you know, it's all these fallacious and deceptive lies. And... We are living in a world of fallacious and deceptive lies. We're living in a world of imaginary illusions inflated by the various nefarious narratives and the the shamelessly parroted narratives of the greedy masters of the media. And it seems like for a price today, you know, the media is basically willing to convince the public of anything, any imaginable falsehood or, or lie, no matter how ludicrous or absurd, the vaccines are safe and effective, for example. Uh, and, and within this new paradigm that we're living in right now, this artificial era, the truth is not gone, but it has become irrelevant. Again, it's not post-truth. The truth exists, but the truth has become irrelevant in this artificial era. I believe this fact is on display every single day if we just look around. We are living in the artificial era. Dun, dun, dun! We're living in the artificial era! Zoe, do no! <laughs> anyway, friends, like I said, I'm going to forego the political circus today because I just can't stomach what's out there. And in lieu of that, I want to uh, kind of circle back to yesterday's revelations and my speculations surrounding... World War III and the Law of the Sea. I do have a special report underway on the Law of the Sea. Not going to get into the depths of that today, but just to kind of quickly refresh where we were at yesterday, I was pointing out that while Americans are so enthralled with the political circus, the global cabal has continued to advance its agenda on all fronts. The cabal keeps marching on. While the plebes are eating their popcorn, the globalists, of course, were just recently gathering up in New York to discuss their visions 
for an ocean-based economy. They're laying down the legal framework for a water, food, energy paradigm to further justify global control of everything, essentially. And that all came out on top of news that scientists, this was the Wall Street Journal article out yesterday, that the scientists are resorting to previously unthinkable techniques to save the planet, including but not limited to dumping chemicals into the ocean, you know, spraying salt water into the clouds and injecting reflective particles into the sky. One might wonder what could possibly go wrong. <laughs> but it also comes, uh, all of this is coming to light within the context of the conspicuous rise in naval warfare breaking out all around the world, right? We were talking about it. You know, I think this new uh, naval warfare that's breaking out, it's, it's basically the pretext for the next full-scale global war. And that conveniently pulls the public's attention out to sea. It raises awareness to all the oceanic concerns that are soon going to serve as the cornerstone for a fresh set of international laws aimed at controlling uh, global food and energy supplies. And it's kind of a complex speculation. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Like I said, I don't know that I'm firing on all cylinders this morning, but I do believe that this is all driving Agenda 2030. I believe that 100%, uh, aka the UN Sustainable Development Goals, are being driven by this this new ocean-based economy, water, food, energy paradigm. And that means that underneath the hubris of highbrow altruism, underneath the ocean-based economy and water, food, energy paradigm, is, is this, you know, singular drive, the singular purpose purpose of population control, specifically reducing the human population and enslaving uh, the whole of humanity in the great inescapable socialist surveillance state. But as noted yesterday, we were reflecting on that recent SIDS report, which stands for Small Island Developing States, not Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. But the the SIDS report thoroughly connects these latest global initiatives all the way back to the original depopulation agenda. That's Agenda 21, as it was rolled out in Rio de Janeiro uh, at, at, in, at the 1992 Earth Summit. So I did put a, a slew of links in the report today for anyone unfamiliar with Agenda 21 and how that is. Yeah, that's kind of the initial blueprint of the depopulation agenda. A bunch of reports there you can get caught up to, uh, on, on all of that. But just kind of trying to put it in simplest terms here, The world's oceans ultimately drive weather patterns, and the weather patterns ultimately produce the fresh water that's needed for society to function and, of course, to grow food and all of that. So the oceans drive weather patterns that drive societal function and the food supply. Therefore, therefore, those who control the oceans can control society as a whole. And I know that may seem like a little bit of a mental leap, but I think, I think it'll become clear as I kind of get into it here. Uh, it, it, again, it it's kind of seems like a stretch to think about it like that, but if you try placing yourself in the minds of the global elites, those who are hell-bent on reducing the human population and taking control of the entire planet, you know, we got to Keep in mind that they're, they aim to do all of this legally. They're trying to pull it off legally in order to reign supreme over the whole of humanity, in order to achieve their utopian fantasies for future Earth and institute global democracy. The laws of society must be structured 
properly. And the peasants must be conditioned properly to believe that their enlightened leaders are acting on behalf of all human beings in a very benevolent attempt to save the planet. Now, at this point, of course, with decades of environmental conditioning already behind us, with the current whole of society push to implement the radical environmental policies being disguised as sustainable development goals, I think we've reached a point wherein the majority of people have simply accepted that all this sustainable development stuff is really for the greater good. It's always for the greater good. And of course, all of these quote-unquote good humans, they've been conditioned to believe that sacrificing their cultures, their economies, their national sovereignty, their personal freedoms, all of this is absolutely necessary because, because that's what the experts say. Because that's what the science tells them is true. Good sense and actual science be damned. You know, that's what they're told is reality. You know, to put it differently, these people now believe that snow is black. It's a psychological phenomenon. And with this artificial construct, this artificial reality firmly embedded, People's detachment from actual reality is complete, and thus this percentage of the population, which is no small percentage, they have effectively become tools in the hands of the global overlords. Uh, Such are the effects of subconscious taming. Now, as this seedy scheme continues to bear fruit, as more people succumb to this mental assimilation, in particular, the leaders of small island nations all around the world here, the remaining pieces in this global ploy, they're, they're quickly being moved into place to achieve what I see as a global coup d'etat. If you think of it this way, uh, global democracy, again, democracy, mob rule. So global mob rule, the United Nations, how many nations are there? 192 or three or whatever they come up with this year. Uh, but with some 57 nations on board with this, uh, the SIDS agenda, small island developing uh, nation stuff, with 57 nation states on board, the global cabal and the international bankers, they have sufficient democratic leverage. It's not just the small island nations. It's also third world countries and all of that. But they're using these nations because all the nations have a right to vote and all the nations have a say in global and international law right? They have the democratic leverage now to forcefully impose their will upon every country on the planet via legally binding international treaties rooted in the law of the sea. Just to say it again, you know, with all of this law of the sea stuff, with these 57 uh, small island nations and the third world countries and all of that, the global elites have democratic leverage to forcefully impose their will on every country on the planet via legally binding international treaties rooted in the law of the sea. <laughs> I thought if I said it again, it might sound simpler. It's not simple. But again, just to connect the dots, friends, regulating the oceans... That gives them the authority over every aspect of our lives because these regulations of the oceans, these international treaties, are inextricably linked with our food and energy supplies as well as with public health and planetary health, i.e., you know, one health and the one agenda to rule them all. It's really a watertight argument. <laughs> a pun fully intended there. It's a watertight argument, at least in their minds and in the minds of those who have been conditioned to accept all of this. So if you think about it, 
everything that you do, every aspect of how you live your life impacts the oceans, does it not? At least that's the story. Your unsustainable Western lifestyle is destroying the planet and having a catastrophic impact on the oceans. And in turn, that's making all these small island nations and other third world countries the victims of your greedy bourgeois existence. Therefore, therefore, your capitalist society must be raised to the ground like Lahaina. You know, all aspects of existing society must be destroyed in the name of the greater good because they said so, peasant. That's the plan. That's what's afoot here. That's what's going on. You know, never mind the fact that this artificial triple planetary crisis is just a sham. It's just an illusion. The truth does not matter. The truth, truth exists. But it does not matter because it's belief that drives behavioral change. And so if they can implant these artificial realities, these, these artificial constructs into people's minds, they can change people's beliefs and that drives behavioral change, i.e. collective self-sacrifice. Uh, but wait, <laughs> there's more. Uh, anyway, I've been thinking about this whole ocean thing and, and naval warfare thing. And I think another aspect of this sneaky backdoor regulatory capture of everything good in life, this global power grab of water rights and all that, it, it, another aspect of it lies out in the vast expanse of the oceans themselves. You see, not only are the oceans ripe with a bounty of natural resources, include, including, according to the WEF, there's a, an entire sea of fresh water beneath the surface of the salty brine, but, but they also, the oceans provide a perfect blank canvas upon which to paint a propaganda masterpiece. The oceans provide a perfect canvas from which, uh, upon which to paint a perfect masterpiece of propaganda. I mean, th you remember how I was su suggest suggesting that naval warfare was drawing the public's attention out to sea and why that might be? Aside from placing awareness on the oceanic concerns related to the manufactured climate crisis, like we're talking about here, uh, this psychological nudge has also uh, it has another kind of yet to be realized benefit for the ruling class. Another reason they might be doing this is because who really knows what's happening out in the middle of the open ocean, right? We can't see that for ourselves. And therefore, we must rely upon secondhand information coming through the mainstream media. Furthermore, the mainstream media also cannot directly observe what's happening far, far out at sea, which makes them all the more reliant upon the sources within the government or military forces. Friends, this creates a choke point of sorts where the despair between the public's perception of events and the actual accounting for what happened becomes completely uncoupled. There's no way to know. And this, I speculate, friends, I, this is the secret perk of using naval warfare uh, to launch World War III out on the high seas. I mean, anything could happen, right? I mean, torpedoes could blast open an aircraft carrier and cause a massive oil spill. A nuclear submarine could be detonated and vaporize an entire ecosystem or whatever. Whatever, you know, and all we would know for sure is the story that we're being sold. And that provides the perfect cover for all kinds of government shenanigans, uh, the perfect cover for government geo geoengineering on a very alarming scale. You know, not only might the government 
Uh, scientists intentionally dump chemicals into the ocean to create a massive problem to justify more international law. This also opens the door to advance their already well-documented efforts to control weather patterns on a planetary scale. As uh, first documented in Torch Report 401, meat eaters ru- must rise up. Governments have been geoengineering the weather for a long, long time. But with all of this, they could create droughts and they could blame it on climate change. They could create floods and they could blame it on climate change. They could essentially create any sort of ca- catastrophe that they like and then they could blame it on climate change. And of course, then they could tie it all back to the need to regulate the oceans. And the downstream effects of that, as we've discussed, will trickle down and touch every aspect of our lives. Friends, this culminates in the globalists' ability to reduce the human population, blame it on climate change, and then drown the remaining peasants in an entire sea of propaganda. How would the public ever know what really happened? The simple answer is, we would not. We could not. At this point, we would be forced to trust the government. Friends, can you see the evil genius of it all? This artificial reality is in fact set to ensnare us all and therefore resist we must. And that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please go to the website, thetortureport.com. Find the heart, click the heart, give me some love, subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Sorry I'm late today, friends. Get out there and enjoy the rest of this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.